You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's preacher is Pastor Brian Flammy. In the name of Jesus, amen. This past Sunday, in the Gospel lesson from John chapter 6, we heard this said by the crowd after they had been filled by the bread and by the fish. After the twelve baskets were filled up with all the leftovers, they looked up at Jesus Seeing him on the mountain, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. He's a prophet. Not a McDonald's. Not a Red Robin, where you might go and expect to find food, or a grocery store or something like that. No, they look at Jesus and they say, This is the prophet. The prophet. Now, this is a bit strange, I think. Because normally, when you and I think of a prophet, we think of somebody who spends their time speaking, right? Using their mouth. (laughs) That uh, they give you words. But here the Israelites, uh, uh, sitting beneath this mountain on the Sea of Galilee, are looking up at Jesus, calling him the prophet, because they received bread. Now, the connection, the the reason why they made the connection, I think, is... uh, is pretty obvious. They should know better than to expect bread from a prophet. Uh, and yet, the prophet that they were comparing Jesus to, Moses, was also a prophet who out of love and compassion interceded for the people and implored the Lord to give his people bread. The Lord in his kindness heard Moses' prayer. He heard the prayers of the people and he fed them. Miraculously, with mail, or not mail, but what do you call it? Manna and quail. I tried to blend them together in one word. <laughs> mail. <laughs> the Lord fed them. But sadly, um, the point was not to keep their bellies full. The point was to keep them alive so that they could hear the word of God. That they could hear the preaching from the prophet, that is from Moses to hear about the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. Instead, all they wanted was more manna and more quail. And it seems like, many years later, that's all they wanted from Jesus as the prophet like Moses, to fill them up with bread and fish, but not actually to preach to them. Now, you and I know better. We know that, we know that a prophet is someone who speaks. Um, a prophet is someone who gives us words. Now there's all kinds of prophets that you might find in the world. Uh, there are prophets, uh, who prognosticate the outcome of the primaries and the caucuses, who try to tell you where the, uh, you know, how the delegate situation is going to shape up a month from now or something like that. We have prophets who tell us about the wonders that the future holds if only humanity can reach out and grab a hold of its full potential. You know what I'm talking about if you've ever listened to any TED Talks. Um, but Moses was a different kind of prophet, and so, so, so is Jesus. These prophets don't merely guess at the future. They speak the living word of God. And they're a very unique kind of prophet in this way. They're unique in the way that they speak on God's behalf, 
And they stand between the people and between God. There's a reason for that on Moses' account. The people standing at the foot of Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai on the day when Moses came down from the mountain with the the law, when they heard the law, they were terrified. They saw the mountain trembling. They smelled the sulfur and the ash and the smoke. They saw the lightning and the fire, and they were terrified. They heard the preaching of the law, the Ten Commandments, and they knew, they knew that they were unholy, unrighteous, unclean, not worthy to be in the presence of this, of this mighty and righteous God. And so what did they tell Moses? They said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire anymore, lest I die. And so this is exactly what Moses did. Because the people would be consumed by God's wrath if they were to stand there at the foot of Mount Sinai, hearing the word of God that is his law, they would die. And even Moses, when he came to preach the word of the Lord to, to, uh, to them as, as the intermediary, as the, as the go-between, even his face was too brilliant for them to look on. They had to veil his face so that they wouldn't be reminded of the wrath of God that stood over them because of their sin, because of their idolatry, and because of their murder that they harbored in their hearts and they committed with their hands. That's the office of Moses. And Jesus is like Moses as the prophet, promised in Deuteronomy chapter 18. He stands between you and between God. But the mountain that he stands upon is not Mount Sinai. It's not covered with fire, and it's not covered with ash. The earth doesn't quake as if it's going to consume you. The mountain upon which Christ is lifted up is Golgotha. And the preaching that you hear from his voice is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, it's not uh, uh, usual or typical for us to sort of think of Jesus' prophetic office uh, in the same vein or in the same way as Jesus' priestly office, right? We, We can make the distinction in our minds that according to his priestly office, Jesus offers himself up for the sins of the people, right? The sacrifice. But according to the prophetic office, he preaches. He tells us God's will. Uh, He tells us what is in store for those who fear God and love their neighbor. But Jesus doesn't want us to understand his prophetic office ever, ever, apart from the sacrifice, from the cross. Now, it's true that in John chapter 6, the people correctly identify Jesus as the prophet But you have to listen to Jesus' own words concerning his prophetic office to see the importance of why he preaches and why he gives his apostles to preach and why he gives pastors to preach. It's in John chapter 8. And in verse 28 he says, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, 
and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. Jesus, Jesus is referring back to this this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 18. That here we have a promise from, from the Lord, from the Father himself, that he will put his words into the mouth of the prophet. And Jesus is now telling the Pharisees who desire to kill him, when you finally put me to death, then you will know, then you will hear the words of your heavenly Father that I need to preach to you. And it's not the words that you would expect. It's the words of mercy. It's the words of grace and forgiveness. Now, there is one uh, thing that's not actually on this scripture lesson page, but if you look down to verse 22 in Deuteronomy chapter 18, you find the requirements of what it, of what it takes to be a true prophet, what it takes to be a true prophet. We read there, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. Jesus is the prophet. And the word by which he desires to be tested is this. See, we are going up to Jerusalem. And everything that, had, that is written and has been written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. Jesus preached this. He prophesied this. And dear saints, it is a fact that Jesus died on the cross. It is a fact that you confess. Every time we, 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 we say together the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. But thanks be to God, it is also a fact that though he was buried, on the third day he rose again. And now he lives, seated at the Father's right hand. His word is true. He is the Son of God. And today he announces to you, according to his prophetic office, the blood that I have shed for you has washed away all of your iniquity. It has covered your guilt. And the life that I now live, I give to you, for you to to cling to by faith. And now at my Father's right hand, I give you every blessing of body and soul. Amen. May the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in him. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. 
For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.